What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap, 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 clap. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Best friend zone. Yeah, I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We have another guest. We have a European correspondent. We're going international here. We have <laughs> on the line Alex Vlahos, actor from BBC's Merlin, Versailles, which is an insane show. I just started <laughs> watching it. Oh, good luck with that. Good luck. Uh, yeah. With that. <laughs> Outlander season six just announced. Uh, find him on Twitter, Instagram, just all around good guy and hockey player. Alex, thank you for being here. Thank you. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on because it was me that requested to come on your show. So just want to make that clear that it was, it, even though the invite was duly accepted, I um, no, I'm a big fan, guys, a really big fan of keeping the duck spirit alive while the show is off the air and now thrilled to be on your podcast so thank you very much so that means a lot i i was like oh how can we work this in and then i just saw your like twitter followers and instagram followers i was like all right we can make this work somehow (laughs) (laughs) exactly the blue tick and the followers always help but no i'm i'm we we had a brief little chat before we press record but um and it's it's so crazy how monumental and i don't mean that in a sort of flippant way how monumental the Mighty Ducks films were to my upbringing, to my split narrative career of potentially becoming a professional ice hockey player or going into acting. So the films were the sort of the spark for that. And you guys have been doing so wonderful with all the sort of retrospect stuff. And now how wonderful is it to have a show, the TV series back on the air and, and just, I, I think I tweeted you guys saying, um, getting chills seeing Bombay nah. on screen. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get into the backstory, but real quick, just uh, like in Europe over the last few years of the big stories, you have like the Royals, you have coronavirus, Brexit. How did the Mighty Ducks coming back sort of compare to those big stories? And Oh, top, top, top one. Like, I don't even, I don't even look at the news anymore. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. No, um, yeah, we've been going through some stuff over here. You know, Brexit's been <laughs> Brexit's been dragging on for I mean, however long. And um, but yeah, no, Mighty Ducks coming back. I, I I can't remember the what the date was, and maybe there was a different date for the Americans to to the announcement for us. But I lost my mind. <laughs> like I I genuinely screamed like a four year old girl. I just I I and paced up and down my living room. I just. <laughs> Because I also the de- I think you probably guys knew a bit more about the details than I did at the time. But when the announcement came, I was, yeah, I was I was really excited about the potential. And this is a true story. I phoned my agent, my acting agent, and my American manager, and I said, "Listen, guys, you know I can skate. You know I'm good with a puck." I was like, "There has to be a part in there. Like I'm I'm the, rather than getting an actor to try and teach them hockey." I'm like I'm 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 triple threat. The best of both worlds. I'm I'm everything. I'm everything apart from maybe the American accent, which I can learn. (laughs) So um, so I was like, come on, and and then my agent, bless her heart, because she knew how how much I would love to have been in the show. 
um, sent me through the character breakdowns. So I sort of got a list of the Evans. And I was like, whoa, they are going young. <laughs> I, am, I am 32. <laughs> I am not going to be in this show. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I sort of just went, you know what, um, I'll just be a fan and not ruin it by being in the show. Because that happens sometimes as you're an actor. You sort of, you're a big fan of the show and then you end up being in the show and you think, oh, the magic's a bit lost. So, Alex, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Let's hear that American accent. Oh, come on, Tommy. <laughs> Why would be... you do this to me? I know you can, I... like, if you need a couple of drinks first, we can press pause. <laughs> you know, we can... I, I'm, and I'm on the good old H2O here. Let, let, hang on, let, let's, let's rain check. I'm going to get a script up on my computer, and okay. then we'll do, it, we'll do it at the end. I'm not, I'm not running away, I promise. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Says, Stay tuned says, for that. He says putting down his head to- headphones and leaving the frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I like that teaser. So yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, you are p- around the same age as us. So, you know, Mighty Ducks yeah. come out when you're young. Uh, just what, do you remember what, first seeing it? Like, how were you introduced to it I, across the pond there? Yeah, I was. At the time, so my, both my parents worked full time till like, so I was, I had a nanny, um, like a childminder that would, um, that on a Saturday would treat us. We'd go into Cardiff, our city centre in Wales, and we would go to the cinema. And I can remember, I must have been three, four, four, five, something like that. And um, sat down, it must have been an early matinee show, so it was about a midday show. And there it was. There was Bombay in the lawyer's office and drink, drink driving and and, know, and knowing that weirdly that it was a Disney film, right? That was the sort of the the sort of safeguard, like you know the the the, the sort of shooting star goes goes over the castle and you think, oh, it's a Disney film, it's a live action Disney, okay. And um, I remember you know going to cinema those ages and being a wriggly feet and not really paying attention and sort of I was transfixed, sat in that cinema. Jaw a drop, just watch the whole thing. And it must have made such an impact on me because I remember, I remember jumping up on the seat when the flying V happened, like in, in D, like I remember very clearly quotes from it, but from that time, not from like rewatches. I remember, you know, gotta make the first move, Conway, and all, all just little things that sort of like sipped into my brain. And Aberman, Averman with the, hey, go to go to this swing, go to go to this. Like, like I, I was quoting that on the bus on the way home to my childminder, who was just like, Alex, shut up. Like, <laughs> um, so those things were just very quickly, the characters were relatable. Is even as a four or five year old, I remember just loving Charlie and thinking like, he's the he's he's Prince Charming to me. You know, he's he's the guy. Um, yeah, had a massive impact on me and. I would think within a month I was on rollerblades and I think within six months I was on the ice. That's how quick I wanted to do emulate what I saw on screen. Were you kind of an, an outlier in that respect? I mean, it's, it's like here, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the major sure. sports and everything. So I, I'm just curious about how that was like for you. Well, we have one team in Wales, which is the Cardiff Devils, um, who are pretty good at the moment, actually. They've won, they've won, a couple, won the league the last couple of years, but... Yeah, I kind of was. Roller hockey, funny enough, because I think it was the off-season. It must have been in the summertime. So I was introduced to playing for a roller hockey team. 
or getting my skates on. But yeah, very much an, uh, a small, tiny little bunch of us, you know, we, and, and kind of like the Don't Bothers, a real bunch of misfits. <laughs> so I, I remember that my first jersey had, rather than my surname, had my full name across it. <laughs> so it was Alexander. And then it started, it started like here, you know, on the sleeve, because it was so long. Um, we had a guy that was just called Chunky. And he had Chunky. <laughs> He had Chunky on his shirt. He was just a big guy, couldn't really skate very much. Just stood, just stood there. Kids were just, six-year-olds would just whack into him. Um, who else did we have? We had um, two, two very good players called Andrew Lewis. And it's amazing how things come back to you. But um, very much a tiny little faction of, of sport in Wales. And um, it was, I was roller hockey in the off-season. Ice hockey come sort of mid-August, September, and then straight through till March. And yeah, I played until... Played until I was 18. So yeah, did I did the whole, did sort of 12 years, two years of trying it with my dad sort of saying, ah, he's going to give it up soon. Ah, he'll give it up soon. Ah, he'll give it up soon. And then really, really not, and then really committed to it for, yeah, for the, for the further 10 years. That's so uh, a lot of your teammates, were they similarly influenced by the Ducks like you were, or were they just there because it's like, hey, we're not good enough to play soccer <laughs> like, I'm not going to play Gaelic or whatever. So <laughs> I was not going to play soccer. You know, how funny that you say that because I was thinking about like some stories and anecdotes before we came on, and I was like, I fully remember going behind the net and just going flying V, and all the other players just looking at me as if I was fucking daft. Like, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Really committed to the sort of like, and also just like trying to do a knuckle puck, like. Mm-hmm really trying to figure that out how on the film the puck sort of warbles like almost like it goes back on itself forward i was like i was like i don't think that's like actually possible trying it very hard (laughs) really hard to like and also like who has the time to put the puck up and swing for like just that like my brain was like well hang on i'm I'm, on on film (laughs) i was but um but yeah, so I, 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 the rest of them were all my age and were, I mean, come from different backgrounds, you know. Some people, some people had, I think it actually was an older brother thing or a family thing, you know. My, um, the coach that I was a coach for Pee Wees was, was ex-Cardiff Devils who hurt his leg, who was out for the season, was going off to do so all the junior stuff. So a lot of the, a lot of the um, younger kids had brothers that had already gone through Pee Wees. Or junior or stuff like that so I was I'm an only child so I don't know how I yeah it was, it, it was the film the first film that definitely um made me go I want to do that so just uh give us a scouting report on yourself who did I guess which mighty duck did you most like resemble on the ice what was your playing style really like well when I was younger I had not hit puberty until I was 16 so I was tiny like really <laughs> small like um I guess I was I was trying to emulate. I was always trying to emulate Charlie. You know, he had the C and stuff like that. And um, again, I know now looking back, actually watching the films, I'm like Charlie wasn't actually that good, Al. <laughs> like he was all right, <laughs> but he was he wasn't the best of best. You know, until yeah. I guess later on. But I kind of just wanted to be. I was very vocal, very vocal. I was the one that was always, and I wanted to play front and center, and did that until I hit puberty, until I hit like 14, 15, and I, I just sprouted. 
I'm five foot eleven now, so I, I don't know whether that is in your terms of your centimeters and stuff. But I was, um, and then I got, I was, and then I was placed right, right defenseman, and I was on on, on first line, right, right D, captained my my club, and then got to fourteen, and then played for Wales, which is the shirt that you guys can't hear or can't see mm-hmm. on the podcast, but you guys can see, um, <laughs> and then and then played for Great Britain, travelled to Germany, travelled to Sweden kind of went everywhere with it really and I broke a lot of bones that was kind of the biggest that was my downfall was... you did the, you did the breaking or you yourself oh, had a lot no, of bones I, no I, I was Kev I was super fragile I should have been <laughs> <laughs> I was I should have been wrapped in cotton wool really I so I broke my collarbone when I was 12 that was pretty horrific and it wasn't yeah. a comp it wasn't a compound fracture it was a sort of just it just sort of like you could, it, it basically, when I, I hurt myself, I know I hurt myself, I looked down, then I fainted because I saw how bad it was. You know, I was like, whoa, okay. I'm, um, I broke, I've broken this arm three times. I've broken this arm twice. I had a concussion from a puck. Um, my, and this is a great story. So, you know, hockey shirts, they cost a lot, right? Yeah. And obviously when you're growing up, you're going through shirts quite quickly. And I was playing for GB, Wales, and my club team, Cardiff Devils. So it's a lot of shirts to buy from your folks, you know, and change numbers and get your name, number on the back. So when I, got the, when I got hit by the puck, I can't remember it. I remember waking up in an ambulance. And I've got the, the mask on my face. And I'm looking up and my dad, who is a very unpassionate man, <laughs> nothing like a stone like a wall is crying literally looking at me crying and i'm like i'm okay trying to take the mask off it looked like an episode of vr i was like i'm okay i'm good i'm good i'm good and then he was like i'm not crying because of you he's crying because they had to cut my shirt and cut my pants <laughs> like and it was in, it was in that moment i realized who my father was you know and i was like ah okay That's good yeah, so I, I mean, I, I broke a lot, and I, there was a big, there was a big chunk of time where I think I, 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 I healed my arm, played one game, broke it straight away, straight again. Like it was just, wow. like, yeah. And I, I, the people in the hospital said that they were, they were going to keep a, a reservation seat for me because I was in the car. <laughs> there was a little, little plaque here called Alexander Varhas. You can just sit there whenever you, you know to play your ice hockey games. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it really got serious to me when I was about. 14 to 18 the last four years was traveling and driving everywhere and um we won that we won this we won south wales won the championship again like the in, in like the uk championship when i was 16 so that was kind of big and but yeah but that's that's kind of my um quick zoom through ice hockey life so before you we get into your acting career yeah have you actually played against team iceland <laughs> holy crap maybe i have you know <laughs> not not I do not, they even wait. have an actual team do, have we ever confirmed that <laughs> i believe they have a club team yeah. i we traveled to traveled to sweden and to germany and that was i think that was more sort of like france kind of the teams that are around that are pretty good right now um i mean they were just <laughs> like if we ever played america or canada god help us we'd be fucked <laughs> <laughs> so screwed because we, we you know there's a level of hockey in the uk that yeah. is of a standard you know and then you, i mean you you guys just you've blown out the water for us so and it was it was a sort of first experience of going abroad and staying in a hotel with all your teammates and then going on the ice thinking 
we look pretty good, you know, and just, you know, 15 nil by the end of the first period. It was like, it was like, an, it was like the don't bothers, basically. We were literally like the don't bothers. <laughs> But we, you know, but we knew what, but we knew what we were doing. You know, we actually had skaters and stuff. It was, it was, bless the goalkeepers. They, they were just, they were just, just kind of like Coop. Just stand there. Just let, let the puck, <laughs> just let the pucks hit you, and just hope for the best. Because it was just a different level altogether. You know. Yeah. So you mentioned you got serious, like 14, 18. Did you have thoughts like, hey, I'm, I want to go to Canada. I want to play juniors and really oh, see what I can do. Not those thoughts. Good God, no. Um, it was, <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was more about. It was just thoughts and my, you know, people, your peers, you know, there was we, the first line of, of the, of the ice hockey for Cardiff Devils. We were all good. We well, at least, you know, we could have made, had we, it's the tricky thing with the, with the, the establishment in, in, in British ice hockey was that, you know, you have to really, tr- you have to be, you have to be really special to break through. And, you know, you can't just be, you can't just be average or good. So we, so we were we were all pretty special for a good line, but then what came through was, yeah, it, it just it was. Just trying to think, it, it just it got to the point where we needed to, you needed to put in the extra hours, you needed to play more games, you needed to play for different teams, and it was just a lot of work for a you know sixteen year old. So yeah, it was it was when I was eighteen, it was the real cross parts of my my dad. We'd been like, well, are we gonna? are you going to give this a go? Are you going to really, is this going to be your career path? And alongside all this sort of stuff, I was, I got into drama school and it was what, and, and just honestly, it was like, um, a why, in the, you know, a cross paths and a cross paths in the middle of the road. I was, I was in the middle of it and I could have tried to try and get semi-pro or go and, you know, or go and be an actor and, the acting thing made me think. Well, actually, I'll, I won't. I won't break my collarbone acting. So maybe, maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's worth a shout. So, um, so yeah, that was that was the crossroads in my life. All right. Well, uh, so we have this is a hotly debated topic on our podcast. Uh, yeah. The ranking of the three films. There's been a, a uprising of uh, Team Kevin's recently in our Discord. But uh, how would you rank the 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 three sort of original? films uh not counting this series going on here i have a i have a huge i have a huge fond fondness for number two mm-hmm. only, only because it introduces characters that i end up really loving which are you know the jimmy the cat and doza and all those you know you I, they end up becoming firm favorites so i'm going to go two one three Ooh. Two, one, three. Yeah, <laughs> Kev's yeah, shaking his head at me. Kev's left the Kev's left the meeting. Kev's gone. <laughs> I we were going to be friends, Alex. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, I um, three doesn't have enough Bombay, and yeah. Bombay's 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 my guy, you know. And I think also, but you know, Bombay gets his moment at the end, doesn't he, with the flag and everything. So I just think, um, but yeah, I just think the development. I just love two. I love two. I love the introduction of the sort of sidebar introduction of Hendrix and the whole that whole commercialism into LA and yeah, I don't know. Two, two. I also think two has the best visuals for ice hockey. Yeah. In terms of the game. Mm-hmm. I would agree for, for the game. You know, yeah. I think I think that, that they've everywhere everything sort of pieced together. And I feel like in three, the focus wasn't really on the game itself. It was about the cat, which is always lovely. I think for actors, like for me, I think if I if I was Joshua Jackson, I would really, I would really love three as a script. 
I think, as an actor. I would be like, you know what, great, I'm going to finally get some proper character development that's not related to my mum and the Bombay and the love angle of the missing dad aspect. Like, for an actor, you want your character to progress and feel different things. So I think for three, they all sort of get that, you know? Goldberg, Goldberg absolutely gets his sort of thing, you know, for the, his character progression from being a goalkeeper to a, you know, a defence. And... But yeah, two's my favorite. Sorry, Kev. Sorry, man. Yeah, Kevin's Sorry. a big D three guy. Uh, I agree with you. I think two two one three is how I would do it. But uh, what, yeah. what about you? What about you, Tommy? I've always been the the two one three camp, but I actually recently rewatched all three of them with my mother in law, who had never seen them. Uh-huh. It was like watching I, those with her. She's just like, "What is going on?" Like. <laughs> Tommy was sending me some uh, some videos of just her face. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's so brilliant. Because I, th- I also think you do get to discover, don't you, the films again when you're watching it with someone who has no connection or, or, or emotional connection to it, right? I mean, all three, all four of us here have definitely had a connection to these films. Like my, my fiancé has started watching the Game Changers with me. And she, and I'm sort of, <laughs> I'm fanboying out, like freaking out, like on the sofa, and um, and and it's so lovely to see her reaction and be like, "Oh no, no, keep, come on, Alex, keep yourself in check, you know, keep yourself, <laughs> keep yourself in check, calm down, have a glass of water, everything's fine." Just like poking holes and everything, you're just like, "No, you're not supposed to do that," you know, just enjoy <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, just just enjoy it. But um, like I just thought, I I don't know if maybe you guys have mentioned it, um, like. It is because it's, it's set. It is set in Minnesota, but it's not filmed in Minnesota, right? right. Filmed, so yeah, it's filmed in Vancouver. But like, was the alleyway next to the Ice Palace supposed to resemble the same alleyway that Charlie and um, Oh Bolton were there? Where they were hitting the hitting the slap shot puck? Because that's the bit that I went. It's the same alleyway, <laughs> and my fiance was like, "Shut up!" Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, surely it's the same. Alley-. But then also that would mean that the Ice Palace existed. Oh, I don't know. Well, you, you end up going down the multiverse of Mighty Ducks, don't, don't you? Yeah. Don't you? I mean, the Ice Palace could have been a different building at that point. I think it would have had to have been. But uh, that's a good... I did not uh, think about that. I did not think... It, that, there's the one alleyway when they, they come... You know, the alleyway, that's the dodgy alleyway that they talk about when they yeah. come down the... I'm just like, whenever is there another alleyway in, in the Duck Stills? And I'm like, surely that's, <laughs> surely that's not... Surely that's not an accident. But again, that's that's... That's me looking at the screen like this. <laughs> if, you, if those are the thoughts you're having, then you are on the right podcast. Yeah, I, yes. I knew it. I knew it. When I've been listening to you guys, I'm like, they just they just need to hear some Welsh wisdom. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, so, I mean, what have you just made in the first four episodes here? What's your uh, what's your just sort of review and your thoughts on on the characters and whatnot? Um. Well, huge wave of nostalgia, sort of the, the from the opening shot and. I've, I've, I've agreed with kind of everything that you guys have said recently, which is that there, you know, there are some missteps, but I'm, I am much more, I, well, I'm not, I say we all are. I'm just forgiving of them. And I just think that it has the same heart as the films and the same love and care. And Estevez has not missed a beat. Just seeing him come out from behind the Zamboni. And just be a miserable. Well, that was the surprise, I guess, the, the the miserableness from Bombay and seeing that. I think the introductions of all the characters are, are wonderful. I think I think I think they all like we had a sort of almost Coob centric episode last episode, yeah. with, 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 which was great. I feel like with a series, which you don't get from the films, 
you really get to focus on some individuals and their backstory, their home life, you know, not necessarily about the hockey per se. I loved last week's episode with, um, um, oh God, uh, Logan's dad. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was just like, those little bits for me are, the, are just what makes this show wonderful with him just being there for the hockey moms and them sort of kind of nodding and pitying him, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, you'll get, you know, everything's going to be okay. And he's just sort of there with his phone. And I just sort of love those moments. Um, I think there are some absolute standouts performance wise is, you know, we, I mean, uh, Brady as, uh, as Evan and Maxwell as Nick are yeah. like, they're, 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 you know, they're your banks, I guess, not your banks. They're kind of a mix between Aberman and Conway. They're, your, they're the right sort of mixture of your straight guy. And you've got this guy who's sort of <laughs> doing a podcast, come ice hockey player, which is very apropos for this show, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I just love them. I love them. I love the heart of it. And I love that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, the thing that, I think the thing that I dislike, and dislike's even too strong a word, is, is, is the focus on the parents, I guess. Back in, I guess the films never really sort of explored that, but maybe from maybe Adam Banks' dad, that was sort of the, the real, sort, and, you know, obviously Charlie's mum. But we never really got a big focus on the parents and the office life and that. And I think that's the thing that I'm sort of, not, I'm, I'm never skipping it, but it would be the idea that if I did want to, if I was going to do a rewatch, I would probably sort of just quickly do a little fast forward through those bits just to get back to the kids and the games. And just, I think it's really clever where they're coming at it from. I think making the ducks, sorry, making the ducks, the Hawks now 2.0, so clever, so clever. And I kind of, I love the, the reveal of Bombay's falling out of love with the game was actually more rooted in realism than I, than I thought. I thought it was going to be something much more dramatic. I think you've one of someone guys, some, one of you guys, someone tweeted in saying something like as a theory that Conway Charlie's died or something. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, if Disney pulled that out of the bank, yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. But I kind of like it. I kind of, yeah, like I said, it has the same feel. They haven't gone fully all out, but also it feels much more modern. It feels like it's present. It feels like it's now 2021. And what I, when I was listening to you guys last week with, um, who's the guy that you had on that was the, um, the hockey choreographer? What was his name? Uh, Dave Tomlinson. So I was listening to Dave and, and, and you, started, you guys started talking about the COVID aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I'm currently filming Outlander at the moment. And it's a, it's a struggle. The COVID aspect in television is a huge huge struggle not even insurance wise and health wise but just the logistical nightmare of masks and social distancing and just trying to rehearse and you know throw then throw into the mix with this a bunch of kids yeah. <laughs> you know who i've worked with kids i work with two kids sometimes and i'm like you are too much can you imagine having seven of them around you like <laughs> yeah. no you know so i think they've done wonders but and i can't even tell because i know obviously you guys know they film everything out of order per right. se. There'll be blocks and there'll be edit- there'll be directors and there might be some crossover of like we'll shoot some ice we'll shoot an ice day where there might be a couple of episodes coming at the same time mm-hmm. just to utilize a location. But I can't tell. I can't tell on screen anything COVID aspect wise. And I think that is a testament to, you know, camera trickery, long lenses and and the safety measures that they put in place. 
Because I'm I've I've started filming Outlander in January. January sixteenth, and I've had I can think one hundred and seventy two COVID tests since then. <laughs> Every day, Jeez. in the nose, in the mouth. Wait two hours, get the clearance, go on set, go to makeup, and go to hair. And even when I'm not filming, I'm also getting a COVID test just to make sure. So. Wow. So I, I know the struggle of what it is to try and get something like a big show like this off the ground, you know? So um, I think it's a testament to them that it's seamless. I can't even tell where, where, those, where those episodes were, were pre-COVID or post-COVID or whatever that is, you know? You, you were talking a little bit about uh, trying to get your agent to get you a, a role in the show. Uh, and and I'm, I'm figuring probably your best bet would have been for Dylan Playfair's uh, Coach T. Um, how would you would you play it differently? I mean, how, what do you think of his performance so far? I, I just figured that probably lines up age wise best. Yeah, you're right. Well, actually, funny enough, that wasn't in the breakdown because I would have been very angry <laughs> with my agent if I'm like, well, there's one, there's one clearly there. But I think he's obviously. I think he must be about ten years younger than me. But um, yeah, love it. Really do. I think it's it's, it's almost um, Machiavellian, isn't it? It's almost um, mischievous in playing because you have to be such a bastard to the kids like when they scored against <laughs> you when they're talking about calling them clowns yes yeah. trying to keep a straight I, I face love, i love that bit Pheasants, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah like and then it also it opens like that was the end of ep3 wasn't it then open about the opening of ep4 is the same it's the same like you let them score against us sort of thing um I thought he, I think he's got he's got the comedy element really down to a T. I think it's um I'm, I can't you kind of with the part like that it's kind of a gift for an actor because you can really push it push it as much as you think you can push it because you know because it's Disney and because it's the ducks and because of the, the mythology that you're going to get your comeuppance right you are going mm. to get egg on your face at some point mm. probably at nine or at ten you know there's there's something's going to happen to you where the people watching at home are going to be rooting going yeah great so as an actor who gets a part like that you just think well if i just keep playing and keep playing around with how angry or pathetic or sort of you know comedy wise that i can be then the payoff's going to be greater right the payoff's going to be even better so that's so mm -hmm. i but i i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't like i said to you guys at the start i do not want to be in this show because i'm enjoying <laughs> it so much as a viewer. Okay. So I was going to say, so if we come to you and say, hey, Steve Brill's looking for people season two. Well, listen, if you've got a direct contact <laughs> for Steve Brill, well, that, that's another, that's another okay. thing. All right. <laughs> I, I got some sources. <laughs> I have, um, I have been acting since I was 14 years old, right? So I, I was on um, Welsh language soap, like as, um, as is my first job and went through drama school and acting and ice hockey have always been a sort of parallel. And obviously since I went to drama school and then had a very, very fortunate and very lovely um, career. But I'm now 32. So I've in the last four years have taken away from, step, trying to step away from acting and I've gone into directing. So my first short film is on Showtime. So American audiences who listen to this, you can find Lola on Showtime, um, on the app and on the website. Um, and I've set up a production company and I've got two stories that we've optioned and turning them into series and stuff like that. And um, I'd love to direct for the Ducks. Mm. That's, my, that's the goal for me because I think, I, maybe I'm going to speak out of turn here, you guys might correct me, but like, uh, uh, Ali, shut up. Um, that I might be the only ice hockey player 
actor direct that could direct for the Ducks combo. Professionalized, well, semi-professional ice hockey player turned yeah. actor turned director could direct for the. I think also I I would know where I want to put the camera on the ice to make it feel as realistic as possible. You know, because I've done it. Sometimes. We got to make this happen, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna work on it. Yeah, I was. Thinking maybe <laughs> I like, knew coming on. I knew coming on the like, show would be the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think you could direct the episode in season two. I was trying to get you like Junior Goodwill Games, maybe Great well, Britain makes it, and yeah. Something. That's the that's the storyline. It's season two. Is they're going to Europe, right? And there's going to be a Great Britain team or a Welsh team. I think they would probably just go. Let's go with Welsh because you could have a little bit more characters and like it'd be Absolutely. fun. Absolutely, yeah. And then then you could be the coach, or you could be like, if the the schedule didn't work out, you could be maybe like the Welsh journalist who follows the team around for whatever reason. All of this, guys, sign me up to all of it. But like, yeah. but but I but I also, if, if if there was any an opportunity just to have a standoff with Bombay, can you imagine that? Oh, I wouldn't be able to say any lines. I would probably, <laughs> I'd probably piss my pants if I'm honest. <laughs> Which they could film or not, you <laughs> know. Um, yeah. I know. I just, um, yeah. I, the, the directing thing for me is really taking hold. I've just been commissioned by BBC in Wales to do my short film, and I've just been. I'm about to shoot that in 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 july so it really the passion the fire that i have for the industry is really now in directing rather than acting but having watched the show i'm like never i never felt the directing in it i think but i do i think having an input of an ice hockey player come actor come director now would i would just it would would be my wet dream i honestly i'd I'd love it Yeah. So, I mean, what have you made of the hockey scenes uh, so far here in these these first? Well, there's episodes? there's obviously a license or creative license, I guess, for yeah. certain aspects of it. What I always remember when I watch this is that it's pure escapism. So, never once do I watch the ice hockey matches and think, "Well, that wasn't realistic enough." I but it pushes it the other side, doesn't it? It goes it goes beyond realism and goes like like the play. But when they finally scored, you know, against the Ducks with the, the whole coup with the, with the glove, this mm-hmm. is Dave on the show talking about trying to make it as realistic as possible with the referee being able to see the glove and the puck in the glove and not calling for the whistle and all the players sort of scrambling about and thinking, okay, you know, you're, 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 you're asking people to, who are maybe ice hockey fans, to uh, suspend their belief for a very brief moment of time. But we have to remember it's Disney. They do that all the time in everything. You know, everything that's Disney is come, come, come once upon a time, isn't it? It's once upon a time. It's a fairy tale aspect to everything that they do. So knowing that, I've, I haven't had any quibbles with, 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 with the shooting of the thing, but I, but I feel like I've got ideas about where I would put the camera. Mm. You know, making it get that... Uh, well, there was some, some brilliant moments in actually in D2 where, you know, the, the, I think it was the first time they did... The puck on the puck under the ice with the blue and the the the, the, the face off and stuff. Like yeah, that. they drop the puck basically on um, the camera. Yeah, and on the camera, and I'm like, that's the sort of stuff that we need more of and more. Like, why not? What, could we? Could you shoot a whole play underneath the ice, upside down? Could we? Could you try that? Could we get a stand and build a fake, you know, thing? And how much could you tell a story of a game being played underneath the ice, looking up? You know, like there's different ways of. Also, love you know back in. I think the old NHL games, they'd have like re- replay cams of like 
the, you know, that the tiny cams within within the net, you know, and goalie mm. cams and stick cams and stuff. And I just think there's a much more brilliant way of trying to incorporate what you guys see on ESPN or what you guys see on NHL when you watch it. And how can you incorporate that just to blend the realism with the acting, you know? I mean, I've got loads of ideas. Tell Steve to call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving them all away on this podcast. So some, <laughs> some other director can take me my idea. Yeah. If I watch D two, if I watch season two next, and I, there's an episode with half the game is, under, is upside down, I will be furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell them. I'll tell them. I think your other option is to go back to your childhood. I want to know more about your team with Chunk and all that. <laughs> yeah, I think you could create a, a Muddy Dust S sort of oh. movie or or. So we so so the roller hockey team that we started was before we went and became part of the Cardiff Devils was um we were called the Caffili Conquerors. Ooh. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> the the Caffili Conquerors. And what happens if you went up to Pee Wee, it was Caffili Cobras. And then the I then there was the you get different C's basically, you get the idea. Caffili, Caffili, something, something, something. And um yeah, we were a bunch of misfits. I got a great story about my dad who knew that I was small and knew that I would probably get, you know, a battering, said on my very first game, said, I'm going to give you five pounds, get yourself in the sin bin. So puck, drop, puck dropped, just went straight over to a kid and just punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was like, no, not like that. <laughs> like almost got game, almost got game as a 12 year old. Like what, what you said? And I said, five that? I was, I was in the sin bin like this with my glove off, like, 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 like you owe me. <laughs> like it was, I mean, I've got some unbelievable stories, unbelievable stories about going, going away for that first away game. It was up in, up in the north of England. And I, and my dad was a snorer. He still is a snorer, but we were sharing a room. So I, and I was, I was captain. I needed to sleep. I was, and this was like 2am. Our first game was at 8am. I was like, so I ended up getting my kit bag, putting it in the bathtub filling that with pillows and a mattress and the quilt and then zipping myself in the bag to stop the snoring <laughs> forgetting that my dad usually wakes up to go to the toilet so about about 6 a.m my dad comes in and almost thinks there's a body bag in the bath because <laughs> it was upside down and there was this like you could just see just limbs and stuff like that oh and he just got the biggest fright he just sort of touched the hockey bag and I sort of zipped myself out like like um Here's Johnny, you know, it was, um, I've got some unbelievable stories, but yeah, I mean, that, that's also room. Hey, listen, there should be a Mighty Ducks UK. Um, Mighty Ducks, the Game Changers UK. And I like that. Mighty Ducks Conquerors. Yes, yeah. there we go, there we go. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's so much room. There's so now, much we're, room. now we're getting somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just make sure we're, we get the producer credits for it, you know. That's absolutely you. boys absolutely okay. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll dust off this, our, our accents for that as well <laughs> this zoom is a, basically a verbal contract isn't it <laughs> all right yeah no we we got it on recording so <laughs> sounds like we're making a trip to wales boys absolutely <laughs> absolutely exactly yeah. all right we've sort of rambled on here but i do want to get to some quiet questions because i think you have an interesting insight that we don't have so uh Anybody who's unfamiliar with the pod, you ask us questions on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, through email, through Discord now. Uh, we've picked the best ones. Try to answer them. Kevin, do you have a good quack question for us? Uh, sure. I'll just use the ones that you sent right before we went live. Um, these come from our Discord, which is new, which is shiny and new for us. Um, this one comes from uh, Capped, Capped Conjunction. Um, and 
He says, in D2, we see Tibbles get struck in the head by a slap shot. He clearly responds with a disoriented answer, after which everyone laughs at him, and Miss McKay merely says, I think he'll be okay. As the documentary progresses, we see Tibbles suffer from mood swings. Uh, you think Hendrix is interested in backing a loser and hallucination. Doesn't even notice when the ducks stop wearing his uniforms. In the end, he's able to only communicate by creepily nodding across the campfire. Clearly, he's in bad shape. My question is, knowing what we know about concussions, does Tibbles have grounds for a class action lawsuit against the Junior Goodwill Games Committee, Bob Bay and Miss McKay? I think he does. <laughs> oh my God, what a... Wow. Your first that's one... Like, that's like energy and some thought. <laughs> that, that's a whole B-side split spin-off narrative going Yeah. Through. Good God. I love it. And also 100%. Yeah. Any concussions now, like, especially the, the, when the kids were those age, totally illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think Tibbles might have been a little ahead of his time here. I think if it happens now, he's got some grounds for some sort of lawsuit against uh, the Junior Goodwill Games or the U.S. Committee or something. But uh, then, you know, concussions were funny. So... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was still the era where you'd see the birds circling the birds over. Right. around. And so, I love that. Concussions were funny back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I, if he would have thought of it, I, it would have been made an interesting case. But I don't know if he would have won it at the time. I think now he does, though. I don't know. Tommy, your thoughts? So, uh, Hendrix is a big factor here. And so, you feel like... Hendricks would not let Tibbles file this lawsuit. They'd say, if you file this lawsuit, um, we're going to make your life hell. They'd probably um, just pay him off. And, you know, yeah, and so I think they would do away. some kind of settlement. Right. Um, I do think he has a case, but at the same time, he blackballs his career, and he just backed this winner. Um, <laughs> so I think there could be like a good law you know, spinoff as well, and he hires a Welsh lawyer. Oh, hello. <laughs> the Welsh this is where I slide in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah 100 percent. he's um he he deserves a lot of money all right for... I, Kevin, I, I, do, I, I do want to get yes I, I agree that he he has the grounds for it but i think hendrix would would pay him some much money him. to keep him quiet okay um i do want to get to one more question because i think it's i think it's appropriate to ask somebody with a with a nice head of lettuce as as mike referred to it as um and uh so this one comes from our, our longtime quackalite, Jared Beasley. Uh, his quack question is, who has better hair, Gee or Logan? Ooh. So Logan, obviously, a lot more is made of his hair. You know, it's a key plot point. So I feel like that goes in his favor. They both have similar styles. Um, I think Logan knows how to better work it and better handle it. So I would go with Logan. But I don't know. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I think Logan. Also, Logan got that. <laughs> basically a repetitive joke with the, with the whole of his introduction of his episode where it was all about the hair wasn't it and it was all about those slow-mo shots and the and the, the beautiful payoff of the fact that he could not skate so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all in on I kind of I'm looking forward to that episode actually with, where we get a real Logan dad sort of what's going on in the home why did the mum leave sort of centric but I, I love Logan so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm fully in on, on the Toronto Maple Leaf blonde maiden that he is yeah <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm going to agree with that. Logan's my spirit animal, and as he says, he's magnificent. So. Brilliant. Logan. Yeah, so Logan does have the better hair, but I don't think he has to try as hard to make his look good. 
Oh, very good. good. No, yeah, no. Guy just gets out of bed and he's just that's it, right? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Alex, have you seen a movie called Little Giants? Little Giants? No, I haven't. Why? Oh, okay. It was like a kid's sort of Mighty Ducks ish, but with movies. Uh, there's a character named Junior Floyd in there. Also, some great hair. I think he would. Uh, <laughs> so I think Joyce mentioned that he should be in the conversation as well. But uh, we will go with Logan. <laughs> All right. I think. Uh, I think. We are overtime, but I don't know if, if there's anything else you want to bring up, Tommy. We've um, we've got the screen test. Oh, oh right. God. I've got the God. script ready. Oh, have you? Are you sharing a screen with me? Come on. I'm, I'm gonna. Just... Let's see. Yeah, I can. I think oh, I God. just. I'm gonna, I might just put it in the chat because. Oh yeah, classic. Just try and screw me over from the very start. Thank you very much. Let me make sure it's <laughs> okay. So, everyone's gonna have a role here. Oh, wow. This is exciting. Brilliant. Okay. So setting the scene, this is in D2 after their montage, after Captain Blood is put to death. It's this. It's It's the wrist scene. Oh, God. Breaks my heart. Thanks. Alex is going to be playing Coach Bombay. He's about the same age now. (laughs) (laughs) Never invited back on, am I? Right. Okay. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Mike, you're going to play Banks. Okay. And Kevin, you have one line as a sound effect. <laughs> don't don't fuck it up, Kevin. All right. Yeah. And so, Alex, it's up to you if you want to try to be American Banks or excuse me, American Bombay, or put your own spin on it. That is well, that is your call. I have. I would. Do you know what? Rather than ruin this moment, all of us that we're sharing together. We are sharing. We are sharing a beautiful moment together. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you my Welsh Bombay. Oh, interesting. Just, okay. Just, just so when you do give Steve a call, there's a, basically a, there's a, there's a tape here. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Steve, but I'm not gonna try and ruin my marriage. I'm just gonna go straight in. I've got my shirt on and everything. <clears throat> okay. I I don't have a Welsh Banks, so I'll just be an American Banks. You you be the best Banks that you can, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Listen, right. Mike. Mike, don't fuck this up for me. This is my moment. Okay. And, and as the director, thank you, I'm Tommy. To say, what do you want? What do you want from me, Tommy? Um, <laughs> this is uh, okay. Okay. Think, think back to your own relationship with uh, with your father, <laughs> and and how he, even though he gave you five dollars to, you know, get in the sin bin, he he cared about you. Channel that energy because there's a lot of father son at play right here. All right, and whenever you're ready. No, just think how you'd play with two good wrists. Coach, I'm just a little sore. I'm okay. That's a Bombay line, right? Yeah, I fucked that up. Uh, so Bombay is next. <laughs> okay, fine. Good. Right. And scene, uh, take two. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. Now just think how you'd play with two good wrists. Coach, it's just a little sore. I'm okay. I should have spotted this sooner. Sorry, man, I wasn't doing my job. Coach, I'm fine. I can play, I swear. Okay. <clears throat> Here. Let's find out. The other hand. Now rotate it. Kevin, we didn't hear that. <laughs> there you go. Nothing. We, we got it. Stick bangs on ground. <laughs> I have to bench you. No, you can't do that. Adam, you could injure yourself permanently. You can't bench me. I got to play. 
all the scouts here are here. All the scouts are here watching me. This is my shot. You're young, and you're gonna have plenty of shots. But my dad's counting on me. I'm sorry. <sighs> hey, my dad worked a lot when I was a kid. So when we made it to a game, I wanted to so bad to score a hundred goals for him. I spent half the game in a nervous wreck, my stomach in knots. That's how I feel. Before he died, my dad told me that his happiest times were watching me skate on this pond we had behind our hands. And scene, right? Wow. Well done, wow. everyone. I, I, I really want to say thank you to Kev for that wonderful essay. <laughs> I, I, I tried. I, I, I used I have a, I have a giant pile of wood next to my desk, so I just grabbed one of these. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was lovely. I really enjoyed um That was incredible. And also, <laughs> when you have a pro like Alex on, he just makes yeah. everyone better. And despite all of my copying and pasting errors, he got through it. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Mike. Yes, Mike. Yeah. Very Mike. good job as Banks. Yeah. The best Banks that never was, pal. The best Thank banks you, man. Never was. Except for the other kid who got kicked off. It's, it's <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, you watch TV and stuff and I'm like, oh, I, you know, you think, yeah, I might be able to do that. And that was, uh, it was a masterclass. So I appreciate oh, it. You, you gents are very, very sweet. And thank you again for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Yes, this was a lot of fun. So uh, you can see Alex... In Outlander season six, Lola on Showtime, uh, Alex Vlahos official on Instagram, uh, Vlavla on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, a nickname from, from from the hockey days, actually. Oh, so, there, yeah. you there we go. There we go. Little info. <laughs> <laughs> and for us, thequacktech.com, at quacktechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, tell us uh, what you think about Welsh Gordon Bombay. And. <laughs> Discord, Discord, and remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. The quick attack is back, Jack. Oh yeah.